Hey listeners, it's Adam, and 2019 is already off to such a busy start. You guys may have seen it, The Creative Workbook came out. It is a process-oriented guide to helping you set goals and visions for the coming year. It's an accumulation of hundreds of hours of work of me working with individuals and groups on helping them reach their creative goals. Go to the website, notesonyournotes.com forward slash 2019, or just go to the main website and click on Creative Workbook. It is there for you, a gift. Merry Christmas. Happy Joshua. New Year. Happy New Happy Year. Year. Yeah, it's also the Chinese New Year's and all that good stuff. So I have some classes coming up in the Los Angeles area the month of March and April. I'll also be hosting a couple of open mic nights in downtown Los Angeles. I also have a class for the embodied writing for uh, writers getting into their body, and it's going to be taught at the Soul of Yoga down in Encinitas, and I'm co-teaching that with Dr. Dana Reese. So that will be an amazing experience as well. Um, as well as Hollyhock. Hollyhock is uh, is uh, coming up again in July. Josh is back at Hollyhock teaching again. And I just want to say it's an amazing experience. He taught in the uh, fall of last year and at the Braid Theater in Santa Monica. And it culminated in a show where everyone presented completely original material. A bunch of people showed up to watch it. And it was such a good experience for people to start with their process and get towards a completed piece. Uh, so, so much to offer this year, and there'll be more, so stay tuned. Enjoy the show. Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey, Adam. It's time for Notes on Your Notes. Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. And I'm just, <laughs> before I introduce our special <laughs> guest, I'm just going to give people some backstory about what happened. So uh, in the end of November, we had uh, the very gifted editor, Tanya Swirling on. And uh, Tanya was the editor on Westworld and Six Feet Under and a number of famous shows. She's really, it's an amazing episode, go listen to it. Uh, but anyways... Josh started this thing last year where he would give our guests chocolate like halfway through the show. Yeah. And it's a, uh, a nice I thing. I thought it was this weird gimmick that was never going to, that was going to be weird. Dude, it's not a gimmick. <laughs> cacao is, the, you know, the word cacao is theobromelin, which means, you know, uh, food of the gods. So in a way we're offering, you know, we're making them gods, you know, at least in the artistic You know what I realized and, actually and what Josh was doing? Them. It was just, what? he wanted to give them a kick for the second half of the interview. <laughs> 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 a little, a little lift. <laughs> a little lift. Anyways, I was skeptical, and our, all of our guests have loved as this, usual. <laughs> have loved this little <laughs> shtick that he does. Shtick, come on. So every uh, every time we choose like a specialty bar, actually, I don't choose anything. Josh right. does all the work. He yeah. goes to really expensive uh, chocolate shops and buys them. Uh, and he bought this bar, chocolate bar called Original Beans that we really loved, mm-hmm. that Tanya really loved. Mm-hmm. So anyways. And we ate it on the show. We ate it on the show. One hour and a minute in, so in case you want to just mm-hmm. skip if to you, If you go to Tanya's, uh, the show notes for our, I think it was episode 55 or 56, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see a link to the to the company's website. Anyways, last week we're at Erewhon. Mm-hmm. Minding our own business. After seeing our friend Carrie yeah. perform uh, at Beyond Baroque in Venice. And who is there? <laughs> who is there sampling original beans, but all the way from Berlin 
Germany. Uh-huh. Uh, a man named Harold Sorst, who is the head of marketing for Original Beans. Wow. Marketing development, one of the shareholders. Uh, and so I would never have thought to do this, but Josh is like, he's coming on the show. That's right. <laughs> I mean, the, the synchronicity, the timing. I mean, he's only here for like a week or two. And we, I mean, timing is not a city in China, dude. I mean, um, you know, you no, got to honor it. Can't do that. You got to honor it. No, we can't do that joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> timing. You got to honor timing in this world. And that was just, it was like impeccable timing. It was impeccable timing. Yeah. So, Harold, uh, we don't mean to be silent. Welcome to the yeah. show. We hope you're enjoying life in LA. You're very um, open to have decided to come into our, my living room studio and allow <laughs> us to record record you telling us all your secrets of the cacao um, chocolate bar process. I just want to say to those of you who normally listen in for tips on storytelling, um, and the being, you know, spending your life as an artist. The reason I think that Joshua is so interested in the production process for cacao is because it's often very few ingredients, but it is a very lengthy, complex creative process. Mm-hmm. And actually, when Josh teaches creative process to students, he'll <laughs> take one day where he'll br- come in with cacao nibs mm-hmm. and this cacao mousse, and he'll talk to people about how he makes it. That's right. Because for him, it's one big analogy for how we make any art, whether it's a book, a script, a piece of uh, painting. It's a long, slow process. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you stopped at any one point in that creative process, like, say, just the nibs, and you would be like, ew, these nibs aren't very good. It's like, it's too strong, right? But then if you look at the same thing in rehearsal, it's like, ooh, this first draft isn't very good. But you don't stop there. You keep going. And and it's true of every phase of the development process and knowing how it all comes together through experience and through sensibilities. Okay. So without further ado, mm-hmm. Harold, welcome. Hi. Oh, hi. Harold comes from Berlin. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful city. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a little cold in winter, though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so I hear. Uh, I guess begin, just tell us a little bit about Original Beans and, and maybe how you got involved and and what it is like to build a really high-end organic chocolate bar. Yeah, so um, Original Beans, is, as the name uh, already stated, it's about original beans so cacao is obviously made from cacao beans from this famous uh, tree that has been mentioned already the theobroma it's a tree of god or food of gods so it's already like a very very um magical plant and um so original beans is about um finding and preserving this ancient uh, heirloom cacaos and mm-hmm. there's a uh, a few people in the world that um, travel around and go around and find this amazing old ancient bean. Some of our beans we can we can track down like five thousand years as the same beans as uh, ancient people used to do their religious uh, ceremonies with. But it's um, it's like um, it's if you work with these beans, uh, it is uh, it is amazing what this tiny little bean. Alexander von Humboldt once um, stated that there is no other fruit in the world that has so many positive uh, little aspects and ingredients in such a small little little seed. It's amazing. It's uh, very rich of, uh, of uh, the cacao butter and all kinds of other minerals and antioxidants. And so it's a, it's a you know, fantastic little bean that is... Uh, always has been uh, very potent and powerful. 
And, and it's actually it's actually purple in its original state. Yeah. So uh, it's a purple fruit, yeah. which is very unusual yeah. in the fruit world. So I think mm. most people probably have no idea how a chocolate bar is made, from yeah. from the bean to yeah. it. Do you want to give us like the two minute sketch and like why? Because I imagine that process is a lot of what yeah. is important, right, to a chocolate manufacturer. Yes. Um, so what uh, what we really um, take care of is also finding this um, this amazing beans and then uh, work with uh, tribal people or small farmers from cooperatives to um, help them also replant, recultivate them in a uh, sustainable agroforestry system versus uh, technical plantation. So this is also like you can just imagine that the soil is really rich. So you're not you're not you're doing you're not doing factory farming. You're actually encouraging them to have uh, their their growing areas to be filled with other kinds of plants and trees and yeah, so most of our, our farmers are more, I mean, I've seen some of the, you know, origins and some of our, most of our farmers are rather gatherers and hunters and they have, uh, they have cacao trees in their, in their forest in a mix, you know, cacao, mm-hmm. we call it the cacao forest uh, that has been around for, you know, some of the trees you can, you can see wild, wild trees there, they can go grow up to 200 years. Wow. Well, That's amazing. So, yeah. That alone is 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 mind-boggling in terms of not doing factory farming because that's a whole nother thing which yeah. which dilutes the bean yeah it's kind of like uh, i think most of the cacao right now 90 percent or more than 90 percent of the cacao that we are um, seeing in our chocolate right now comes from west africa from the ivory coast and ghana mm-hmm. it is not africa is actually not the origin of the cacao so the origin of cacao is in the middle of the amazon somewhere i don't mm-hmm. i don't we don't we still kind of like not really sure where it is every country would love to claim that they have the origin <laughs> of cacao maybe it's peru maybe it's bolivia it's most likely it is bolivia but mm-hmm. uh, we are not sure yet and um, yeah so the cacao making the chocolate making process starts so it starts actually in the woods and then the the next step is uh, you know the harvesting and then uh, you open this cacao fruits and uh, usually with a how do you say that a machete 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 yeah, machete, yeah. 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 And then you get uh, you get the open those, and then you have this uh, little seeds, the cacao beans, as we call them, like uh, nested in this uh, in this big fruit, and it uh, has a lot of white jelly, the cacao meat. Uh, yeah. And then you get them out there; they're really, um, you know, as you said, usually they're purple, but you know, um, yeah, they're white, and yeah, there's some other colors. Yeah, yeah, so there's actually like a huge variety. There's yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different uh, cacao beans and shapes and forms and colors. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get this uh, beans out there in the right in the forest, and then we take the 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 seeds out, what we call the cacao beans, and then we bring them to a uh, fermentation station. This is like then uh, the first step. And then you can already see when you see this huge mountain of uh, fruit flesh and the shells that there is like the essence in this part uh, of, you know, how much um, cacao beans you already need for getting one kilo or, you know, some (laughs) one kilo of cacao. It's like a tenth of what the mass that we had on a tree. And then... The next step is a fermentation that we believe is also one of the most uh, important steps in the 
creating this cacao bean and the quality so you can convert if you do it like in they they put this cacao beans in wooden boxes and they cover it with uh, banana leaves and um, you do that for several days and every day you have to revolve this mass of fruit flesh and cacao beans and through the fermentation this uh, this control is kind of like a it's not high tech but you at least have to control temperature and then you can actually um, design or create uh, create a certain taste profile for the cacao beans. You can convert the acidity, and you do, if you do it right, you have already like a very beautiful base for uh, for the later cacao or chocolate making process. And we always say it's about twenty five to you know thirty percent of uh, a chocolate quality is based on the beans and the fermentation and then later on the le next step will be the drying it's also like a very simple process you just lay it on some tables under under some you know roof and then you let it dry in the sun this is like now the stuff that's been done in the, in the regions yeah and the fermentation process is just like when we ferment wine um, the fermentation process, for the first time that I'm aware of in the last 10 years or yeah. so, is that people are actually starting to play with yes. time and yeah. temperature and all those variables yeah. to create yeah. more interesting uh, taste profiles. Yeah, and then you most of the uh, industrial cacao that you see in, in commercial uh, chocolate, um, usually that uh, what they do is they harvest the wet cacao and then they just uh, pile it somewhere and it kind of like, it, you know, ferments by itself in a mm -hmm. way, in a total yeah. uncontrolled and, you know, not so nice way. And um, this is also, you know, you kind of miss a lot of the actual beauty of working with different beans and different taste profiles to get something out of it. And that cacao, the one that's being ninety percent of the product being sold, it, it, it even has doesn't even have a name, right? It's it's they've reduced to, to like a, a like a number, isn't it called like PS three twenty four or something like that? That tree, that that's what I was hearing from some cacao people. Yeah, I think uh, I, I you know I have to kind of uh, I always forget it. Something like yeah. <laughs> CC yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, CC fifty one. It's a hybrid cacao that's been used also mainly in in South America, and uh, you have that phenomena. They're nice and big, and you have quite a sustainable uh, harvest, substantial harvest for you know like a period of time between four and eight years. But then mm -hmm. you have the problem that you. They, um, you leak out the the, uh, the dirt, uh, your your soil, mm -hmm. and then um, you have to chop those uh, cacao trees down and 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 uh, plant something something different with like a, like some monocrops like soy mice that doesn't need that much nutrition. Yeah, so it's basically been hybridized to the point where there's actually very little to no nutritional value, and mm -hmm. but that's what's being sold, and that's why people say, oh, chocolate is whatever when you mix it with milk and sugar yeah of course yeah. it's not going to be but when you do the yeah. real thing the heirloom like what yeah. you guys are doing yeah. it's a whole nother world so Harold now you have your you you've dried your cacao that's been fermented and that fermentation process is closely monitored mm. because it sounds like how you ferment uh, and at what temperature and I imagine even in what what containers you keep it is going to mm. impact the evolution mm. of the, the the taste profile of those specific exactly. beans yeah. um What's the next step? Now you have your dried cacao. What does it look like, by the way, when it's on these tables? Is it like on a the tables? It's kind of like it has a brownish orange uh, color. You purple, brown, orange. It's a it's a very beautiful color, and you can also smell that. You know, it's a really nice. Uh, 
high acidity, mm-hmm. sweet, uh, sweet, sour um, smell. I personally really love that. And it's, and it's also important to have um, either work with the people that are already doing it on, a, on this, uh, on this uh, quality understanding level or even what we do is we have our teams because we often go to origins uh, where, where they don't have a long history of, uh, of cacao growing or they just do it in a, in a very um, kind of like in a neglected way and just uh, work with the people and train them. Mm. But then, last not but last but not least, that it's about um, you know what they uh, what they actually get for it. You know, so it's uh, it is really important to also pay the right price for a premium cacao because a lot of people they, they you know then they put all the effort and time and weeks and that and losing a lot of weight also with a, the right uh, fermentation and the right drying, so they mm-hmm. even get less money for their raw cacao. Right. And then it's uh, it's really crucial that you um, you have good uh, long term contracts with the cooperatives, the farmers, and the tribes to uh, give them a security and also give them a base that they can actually have a have a primarily income from the cacao growing. Yeah. yeah. So they don't have to invest in other types of farming on their land. And other they can... types of farming, also other types of other, all other uh, kind of things that uh, they would need to do. You know, work in a in a factory somewhere and then have like a little cacao tree in the back or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting to talk because I feel like we are more conscious these days about how things are made. Uh, I mean, not that conscious. I mean, certainly our clothing is an example uh, of something that yeah. we're certainly happy to buy it a lot of the time from sweatshops, mm. but. Mm. Um, it seems like it's important to you to think about that long-term relationship. Yeah, it is, uh, and it's uh, it's really beautiful to see that development and that people can really rely on that. And you know, we have two, um, we have uh, s- several projects in South America where you can already see hundreds of families um, have a stable. Um, basic income and they can really uh, afford to uh, send their kids to school and and all that and have mm-hmm. a you know have a good existence and. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also why we call it direct trade. So we have direct connection mm-hmm. with that uh, farmers and the cooperative. We actually know them. Then we know their names. We know their patches, and uh, we help them developing quality. And then we bring the cacao. In this case, we bring it back to directly trade it uh, on a boat to uh, our harbor in in Amsterdam before we ship it then to um, Switzerland. And it also means, in average. It is like um, six times uh, the fair trade price for that cacao. Oh, that's great. So now you have your dried cacao, yeah. and you then ship it. It sounds like to Switzerland. Yeah. Now what happens? Then um, that's kind of like that's why we <laughs> why we actually doing it in uh, in Switzerland because they have a have a very old tradition of uh, of chocolate making, and we're honored so, to. Uh, I'm going to ask something yes, here that's really yes, highly technical. Yes. Uh, but when you ship it, is it shipped whole bean or is it shipped nib? No, it's shipped whole bean. Whole bean, and whole is bean. it? And it hasn't been winnowed, right? It has, no, it hasn't been winnowed. Okay, no. All right. So okay, now no. now I have the picture in my yeah, head. Yeah. So you. and that's also crucial when you when you see that uh, the drying. Mm-hmm. So they're they're shipped on on container uh, boats and they're um, on on the ocean for for several weeks or months. I don't know how long it actually takes, and so 
if you if you do it in the right way, they don't mold. You know, if you go to Amsterdam to the main harbors and see the uh, the cacao storage, the warehouses there, I think like the majority of the cacao that you see there is actually molded. You know, so yeah. mm. it's a pro- it, that's a real problem if yeah. if it's not you know yeah. dried properly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So then we, it's also like then the the actual process of cacao making then is uh, the first step is uh, the winnowing. So and or first you blow the little peels of the cacao core off it has still has a little peel which then is already the the the, you know the naked cacao bean and then you actually you called it uh, this is like the american uh, the english word for it is actually winnowing winnowing yeah Yeah. when you take it off so and then yeah you you just kind of like and then the next one is uh, the roasting and um so we um we have a also with the people that we work with in switzerland as i said they have a 120 year tradition of making cacao and the beauty of it it's a family-owned business and so you have the old tradition and the new technology which sometimes um you know when you when you envision that it's everything has to be um you know traditionally old and all the machinery you have a lot of advantage if you have like also some some new uh, uh, development, high-tech development. For, mm. for example, for the roasting, we have a certain new roaster, so you can only roast that for, like, you can really define your taste profile by roasting. And also the, the temperature, we usually roast on a quite low temperature and only for mm. a few seconds because they they can blow cold air into the roasting machine so they can really control and stop the roasting process and so you can really get the result uh, that's uh, coming out of the bean and then you you know you analyze the beans uh, before this process and then you can decide how how long or which temperature and how you actually roast this certain bean to get a certain taste profile out of it wow that's interesting amazing isn't it because the heat will affect you know how the oils are how they're i guess oxidized and all those sorts of things um so now you have a roasted cacao, and then how do you? What's the next step in the process? The next step then is I I'm hope you know like since as you already introduced, so I'm like a, <laughs> the marketing guy. So uh, <laughs> I know we I've seen it, you know, but I'm you know uh, I'm not the the production uh, expert. I've, I've observed it a couple of times, so you know, excuse me if there's uh, <laughs> something uh, something wrong. But some aspects is I think the next step definitely is uh, the milling. Um, and that's also, I explained that already earlier to you guys before. This is like, you know, um, how you really can uh, create a, a certain um, fineness in the, in, the, in the taste and also in the uh, texture of the, of the chocolate. And we work with this six-step uh, six uh, round uh, grounding mills uh, to ground the cacao down to the, you know, this, um, the nips in this mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm to less than 16 mu this is like less than a than a hair uh, and then you already have this this very fine mass and then it will be after that you add um the uh, the sugar to the uh, cacao and then the, in the next step it will be uh, conched right what is conching conching is actually that's why people say there there is a swiss chocolate um because somebody his name was Rudolf Lind. You know, we all know Lind <laughs> chocolate. chocolate. And yeah. So this is also the where uh, you know the the myth of Swiss chocolate comes from. Because Rudolf Lind, uh, the story is that he one night, I mean, he was already making chocolate, and one night he forgot to switch off his uh, his kind of it's a it's a mixture. So it's kind of like a 
a big waltz that actually waltzes you know the traditional way on a long conch it's like a it's like a how do you say that a slab a slab yeah, of a slab like, with yeah. a, the cacao mass in it mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the reason why we're doing it is we want to mix the particle and the, the cacao butter and everything and the sugar as fine as possible and lind was somebody that already invented this kind of like uh, waltzing the, the particle for a long time. And the story is that one night he forgot to switch off the machine and he came back the next morning. Usually they did it for like an hour or two. Mm -hmm. The next morning he realized, wow, this is really fine. And so that's how they actually, you know, that's why uh, Rudolf uh, Lind, I mean, he invented this machine. He was an engineer, mecha a mechanical engineer. And so, but that's why, you know, where actually the, <laughs> the uh, renome of uh, the best Swiss chocolate comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just want to add in something here. So because what we're talking here is high end artisanal cacao, right? Yeah. Chocolate bars. And so we're working with you guys are working yeah. with whole bean. And what commercial people do is in that process yeah. of of grinding and extracting is that they actually take out cacao butter. And for anyone who's vegan, yeah. it's okay. You can have cacao butter because yeah. it's, it's the butter of the cacao bean. And cacao butter is actually worth more money to the cosmetic industry and other yeah. industries than it is in, in food. So they actually take mm. out the best part of the cacao yeah. or one of the more. Yeah. And, then, and then you're just left with the, with the powder. So I just want to say, you know, yeah. kudos. So this is like, uh, yeah, it's really, it's, it's actually the process, uh, what they call dutching. That's uh, what the Dutch people actually <laughs> invented, you know, pressing the cacao. And uh, a cacao bean, that's also why... Why it's so rich, uh, 60 to 70 percent, I think, uh, of a cacao bean actually exists out of, out of cacao butter. So it's super yeah. and it's fat. So that's where the richness uh, comes from. But we all know and learn more and more that uh, actual good fats are, you know, quite beneficial to your body rather than, you know, the, all the um, huh. carbohydrates from, from sugar, which mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. most chocolates is a lot of... Uh, refined uh, sugar so you've mixed in the sugar and you've got the the cacao that's been roasted you've got it on the conch and just so you get, everyone knows at home what harold was describing mm. was like this long slab and then he put his fist over the top because it's mm. almost like this smoothing out that happens mm. so now it's almost like it seems like you have this mixture mm -hmm. and is, at that point are you ready to do what that part is also depending on, you know, like then this is the final taste. It also gets a lot of oxygen and uh, there's a lot of acidity can go out. And this is also depends on how you define the, the taste profile of the original beans. Is it more fruity? Is it more earthy? Is it more nutty? And, you know, you have all this uh, different directions and that's how you actually define the length of uh, of the conching. There used to be also the belief the longer you conch, the better. I don't think it's, uh, it's that true anymore. And now we also have like new technology of conching, round conches that actually can get the same results in a shorter amount of time. But then it basically the cacao, the, the mass, um, the chocolate actually at this uh, point, it's mm -hmm. already chocolate. It's, um, it's, it's ready and you can either uh, pour it in, uh, in um, how do you say that, uh, in molds, in molds. And, and make mm -hmm. the bars of it or just, you know, pour it in any other uh, form. Okay. So that was the chocolate making process yes. in 15 minutes. Is, <laughs> yeah. I know I got educated. Yeah, we, went, we can, went off on can we separate say, I think this is what turns Josh on about this whole thing is yes. that 
At the end of the day, we're talking about basically two ingredients, right? Cacao and sugar. Yeah, and then uh, you know, talking about the Swiss people, they they still believe and um, that uh, milk uh, is. Okay, you're going to make me crazy if you say this. You're yeah. going to make mm. me crazy. Okay. Okay. But I mean, you know, all right. There's still we have one. Uh, we have two milk chocolates actually, and uh, it's made from organic. It's biodynamic organic Swiss Alpine milk, and so. That sounds pricey I think it just doesn't, as you say it. It doesn't, it doesn't really kill <laughs> you, you know, in Alpine. a way. But we have like most of, I mean, a good chocolate bar. And I always think uh, it is not, uh, you know, like the real taste experience because it's, it's beautiful. It's like a truffle. This chocolate is caramel, nutty, hazelnutty. It's, uh, it's really uh, tasty. But I mean, to, to really get the, the, the true cacao taste, it's always uh, nice to get into the real uh, dark chocolate with I mean, we believe, we truly believe to be as pure as possible and don't add, add anything uh, like soy lecithine or right. uh, vanilla in it so right. to kind of irritate. I mean, irritate the vanilla for kind of for us uh, ruining the taste profile and uh, the soy lecithine has also been used because it's a very cheap uh, source of fat and then you can, everything what I described before, this process of of grinding and conching you can pretty much bypass and you know get this this smooth uh, taste from from that cheap fat that you know in the worst case is made from palm oil you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 that's so, the evil stuff so here so here's here's my thing is that in south and central america cacao has been in existence in terms of a food for 5000 years yeah. and then around 1650 something like that 1750 the europeans come and they take it back mm. to Switzerland or Denmark or someplace up there. And um, I'm not going to blame any country specifically. <laughs> yeah. um, so, but up there. And what they did was is they needed to make it. So all the kings and the queens and all these fancy people were doing it. And they're like, oh my God, this the is amazing. The hot chocolate. The yes, the, yeah. the hot chocolate. The hot chocolate. And so because they are where they are, they have all this extra dairy that's like hanging around. And so they're like, well, how can we move some of this dairy product and still make it taste amazing. And so they added in the 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 leche. They added the in the leche, yeah. and from then on, it changed everything. Plus, <laughs> uh, you know, you always have to, you know, back in that days, in the 17th, I mean, first, there's also like the story about the sugar and also the story about the, the journey of cacao to Africa with all that, yeah. you know, like this is another whole big story. Right. With, but then you always have to, um, you know, realized that back in that you know 400 years ago uh, there was no um, there were no meat farms and dairy farms or like you know mass production so there was like a bunch of cows um, right and people actually lived off their their few cows in the <laughs> in the backyard so there was no no torture no hormones no turbo mm. production uh, industrialized uh, you know and I think but this uh, was a way to preserve uh, their milk products yes. that they had extra yeah. and if they didn't yeah. use it they'd have to throw yeah. it out so yeah. it's a very interesting sort of progression that yeah. I noticed so but it, that's actually like a, that's not that I mean the milk chocolate actually started rather than in the 19th century 1800 something before i don't think they had any like you know the way even like at the spanish court they mm -hmm. they had the hot chocolate yeah. and they they uh drank it with um the sugar mm -hmm. sugar from the other colonies the, yeah the cane sugar and the milk um started way later and then it's also you know you have to mm. imagine then in that uh, century there was uh, malnutrition and then you all of a sudden had something like a you know the super rich cacao bean 
plus uh, you know milk which is also um, super rich so you can just imagine you know having like a little piece of of chocolate was you know um, had a different reaction on your body than it has now where we have you know temptations of from all kinds of sites and uh and spend most of our times uh, sitting in a car driving somewhere <laughs> to a job where we sit rather than yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, going hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got a different relationship to nature and to yeah. food. I didn't yeah. eat refined sugar for a few years and then I had some yeah. after about three years. Uh, it's a crazy experience. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you have it, no idea how powerful it is yeah. until oh. you haven't had it for a yeah. while. It's mainlining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, if I if when people I know have sugar, yeah. I just tell them, "Why don't you just tie off?" Yeah. <laughs> because you know what I mean. Because yeah, I mean, on. I think it has to do with we talk about this sometimes on the show, our, our artistic sensibility, yeah. and sometimes to be sensitive in, to what you're yeah. eating as well as to what yeah. um, the art you see in the world. Paying attention to that sometimes it requires a little bit of of quiet. But see, here's here's the thing: is that sugar, it's it, the sugar flattens everything. And as artists, we want to do the opposite. We want to be we want to be able to appreciate and notice the, the 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 subtleties, the nuances. Yeah. And so, if you're just going in there and wholesaling, you know, powdered sugar, mm. well, what's your take on that? It is, you know, I I don't, I mean, definitely, like the way. Um, I mean, it's it brings it away a little bit of, from the beauty of cacao, but we all know the story that when uh, when in the I, I think it was in the sixties and seventy the food industry replaced uh, you know the fat by by sugar. This was one of the biggest uh, mistakes uh, you know that has been done, and then we see you know definitely we all know that the sugar is the reason for. Uh, you know the obesity here in uh, in the U.S. and but also like uh, um, more and more in Europe and um, but you know a chocolate a good bar of chocolate is uh, it's actually the the perfect way uh, to have a chocolate is a seventy percent mixture with some raw uh, organic uh, cane sugar it is it's very delicious and uh, I think if you enjoy uh, what you eat and do it consciously and uh, appreciate uh, that and uh, have one piece of chocolate melt on your mouth rather than uh, chewing down a whole bar of uh, you know of uh, cheap chocolate um, then I think sugar uh, enjoyed in a moderation and if you if you move also if you run if you hike if you're outside if you ride your bike uh, then uh, you know. Then uh, it doesn't really <laughs> kill you. That, that sugar. H- Harold, I have a question. What do you have yeah. for breakfast? <laughs> I um, actually had a piece of chocolate for, for breakfast. I love I, it when you talk like that, Harold. Yeah. That's great. I, I have to admit, usually I, I kind of like I'm I'm trying to do this uh, twelve hour uh, fasting. So like you know, my last meal is oh, uh, at yeah. eight at night, or like you know best case uh, earlier i'm trying not to eat anything mm-hmm. after that and then you know have a little little give my give my body a little break until like lunch then and so i think i feel really good on how, this how did you get interested in in chocolate <coughs> making chocolate and being involved in the chocolate making world i mean i i just kind of like i actually i studied marketing and advertisement and and uh, I could have been one of those guys that tried to sell you know uh you know as much um shit as possible for the <laughs> lowest price as possible and uh, I actually worked for the fashion industry quite a quite a while oh, and then well. I was mm. uh, you know uh, you know this whole it's almost like stereotype you know you go to India you go to like a <laughs> 
you go to a, a yoga camp or whatever, and then some. Where, where did you go? Where did you go? I what went actually, uh, Rishikesh. Where did you? Go? I went to uh, to Goa in oh, Goa. Uh, nice. uh, oh. with my uh, wife and my super young uh, daughter. She was uh, three years, and we wanted to take a year off. Uh, not working and we started off in a in a yoga camp and i never did yoga in my whole life before and uh, so that was kind of like a life-changing thing and then after that I, I actually felt like that i really wanted to put this um uh you know this marketing mind and their persuasion energy and um kind of like i mean it's a uh, is like uh, the Dalai Lama always says that, you know, knowledge is, uh, it's just a tool, you know, and, and power as well. So you can use it in this way and you can use it. You can use your hand to create a weapon or you can use your hand to make a chocolate. So it's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's <laughs> good. Make chocolate, not war. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's beautiful. I also just wanted to say, and I believe you mentioned this earlier, like for those of you who actually don't want to eat sugar, you can get 100% cacao chocolate. Yes. With no yes. sugar in it, and Original Beans makes a bar uh, that is 100% uh, Is it? It's your number one selling bar? It's actually in Germany now. I mean, we started that bar, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, with all this in in the in the organic, we have a lot of organic uh, stores in Germany. We have two and a half thousand organic store with a population of you know 80 million people in in Germany. So it's a quite high percentage, and then uh, there's a lot of. Uh, families, uh, young people, mothers, uh, you know, going shopping. And it's also for them, you know, like a 100% bar is is a whole new taste uh, experience. Mm. It's it's not sweet at all. So you always have to say it, it's not sweet at all. And don't even bite on it. Let mm. it sit on your tongue and let it melt and be ready for a new taste experience. Be ready for like a little, it's nice. Acidity, you know, like if you believe in, if you see nature, all medicine is uh, is bitter, you know. So bitter is uh, actually like a beautiful, beautiful part of of a taste profile. So it's nice that you have the slight acidity, but then it doesn't it doesn't stick like a lot of other hundred percent bars because the way we, as I described, the way we ferment, the way we roast, we way uh, the way we um, conch chocolate in a special technique makes it. Um, you know quite an quite a trip quite an experience and mm -hmm. it's a it is a whole journey in your in your mouth um happening when you have a little uh, right because some because if it's not properly processed 100 yeah. percent cacao bar will just taste bitter and have a bitter, bitter yeah have a bitter aftertaste you so can, yeah. so from my experience is that when when a company can put out a hundred percent cacao bar you guys should taste some here. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, talk, what a we, good we, idea. We talk about chocolate rubber the hits time and don't even like, you know, don't even eat any. This rubber hits the, the road here, baby. This is the part I always feel bad for our listeners. Oh, yeah. It, oh, there's some you know, poor what, listeners what you hear sitting in right traffic. Now, this is also, like, you know, very important about original beans. So mm -hmm. this, what you hear, it's not plastic. It's, um, oh. it's wood. So our foil... Uh, the chocolate is made from is actually um, made out of wood, out of pine wood. That's oh my uh, god! How fastest, do you make that? Fastest so, growing resource after bamboo. So you can actually put that in your home compost. And uh, these bars are packaged in what looks like sort of a shiny silver aluminum foil, which apparently is made from wood, which mm -hmm. is incredible to me. All right here goes 100 percent cacao. And then the good thing is now when we are talking mm. about this, it's like always nice to when you, you break a small little piece. Sometimes you know just like a force of one of those segments, and then you smell, mm -hmm. you smell the chocolate, and then 
when you break the chocolate, you know, you even like experts, the expert now can already like, you know, smell uh, like a diversity and different taste notes and... Um, and then you break the chocolate and it has a certain sound actually that's no joke you know like good chocolate mm -hmm. has because of the butter content and the way it's made it's kind of has it like a nice little and when he says butter he means he means cacao you know, butter which means it's still this. vegan this is the way um, do, do that again do that again uh, do, do it again because that was fantastic because i think we're going to so do like a whole profile this is, this amsr is like, uh, this is like how a good chocolate bar you should taste uh, like sound when you when you uh, when you break it see that it's kind of like a high dense uh sound you know yeah what's weird to me is i am i've had this and then just put it don't bite on it just mm -hmm. put it on your mouth and let it melt let yeah. your body temperature melt uh the butter i always tell people no teeth yeah no teeth and i just want to make sure everyone knows when he says <laughs> when he says butter he's talking about cacao that's what josh butter. tells everyone yeah. no teeth mm -hmm. yeah we do so now we you, we hear all all, all of us are like now munching them. Mm. So this, this is what what do they call it ASMR. Is that right? This is oh yeah, ASMR is this online mildly creepy phenomenon Josh likes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> which is uh, YouTube videos of people making really um, different sounds, and it produces like a tingling in bodies, and they have huge followings on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. also convenient <laughs> that whoever is um, doing these videos is always about like a 22-year-old girl who's attractive, um, but it, they have huge followings. But mm -hmm. I think it, it is kind of interesting. It is a sort of sensory awareness. I will say I don't miss the sugar at all when I have this. Mm. Like because, when it tastes it, actually complex to me and it tastes rich, mm. maybe from the cocoa butter. But yeah. it's, it's because of their process. Yeah. I've, I've, I've checked out mm. at least 40, 100% bars and what you guys are producing mm. is definitely mm. on the top, top, top of mm. that. There's only like four or five that I would even recommend. Yeah, one of anyone. the reasons also, like going back to this original, the, the heirloom, this is a, a bean from, from a sacred valley in, in Peru. And it's uh, been believed that you can, I mean, you can actually track down the um, the actual, I, I think you call it gene pool of mm -hmm. that bean to yeah. 5,000 years. It has never been changed. It's the same bean. And it has like a 15%, even 15% higher cacao butter content. Really? Uh, then mm. it's a very small, I mean, people say the, the smaller and the uglier the cacao beans, the, the, the more beautiful they are actually taste. And mm. so this is one of those beans they are really kind of small and uh, so that's why we also don't have to add any cacao butter to the whole process so it's pure cacao and uh, it doesn't irritate then the taste profile sometimes you know the, I mean it, usually cacao butter has a quite neutral taste I mean mm -hmm. it doesn't ac actually taste like anything right but still in you know in the combination if you use the the butter from the same origin then uh, the tame taste profile is way clearer than you use um, you know inferior butter from some other regions right where they do add-ons they just add in a bunch of cacao butter to make up for yeah. the cacao exactly. butter that they already took up exactly. it's actually cheaper exactly. And, exactly. you know what's that guy's name antonio or anthony bar bar the guy who anthony bourdain he did a whole episode mm on his show about this special valley in Peru. Mm. And you can check it out mm. online. It's mm. fascinating. So for those mm. of you interested, this comes from Heil Gestal, which is, I guess, in Cusco, Peru. Oh, this is like you got a German version. So it's uh, the Sacred Valley. It means Heil uh, Gestal of German. So you got the only one. Oh, uh, right. Because some of these are manufactured. Some of these are for the German market. So some of the labels are German. But um, Cusco, Ach Peru, we're all. all Achton. Oh, that's right. Sacred Cusco Valley. 
Um, all I was just thinking, you guys should do some co-branding with the ayahuasca people because everyone's everyone now. You two can go and um, on your medicine man journey in Peru and have some excellent chocolate to go with it. I bet uh, I bet that's quite an experience. I think it's, it probably gets even better, you know, if you combine those two substances. Like, but not necessarily in a chocolate. I don't think it tastes so good. Yeah. How awesome would it be if this chocolate had ayahuasca? We're just like, <laughs> let's no, let's keep recording. Cere- <laughs> let's do ceremony, man. Like, I finally find some ayahuasca that doesn't make me throw up. Mm. Um, I really like that. Thank you. I have to. I grew up in a weird home because my father only only ate dark chocolate. Really. There's no milk chocolate in my home. Mm. He was he's a, weird, a smart man. He's a stra- he has a strange I taste. Say, I wouldn't also, say strange. I would say smart. He also only drinks coffee black. Mm. He knows what's going on. But yeah. You know what he does, yeah. though? Well, uh-oh. What? Sweet and low into... Oh. <laughs> oh he takes something pure and then like drops no. a nuclear bomb on it. Mm. <laughs> it's oh so God. gross. <laughs> Those little pink packets of and evilness. It's, it's interesting because it's becoming a problem now because we'll go to like a nice place... And a nice place will not have artificial sweetener on the table. So he'll order his black coffee and then he'll have to ask the waiter, can you get me? And they're just like, hold on, I think we've got some in the back. (laughs) (laughs) So they'll go fish some out for him. Uh, He's got some weird taste. He's he's yin and yang. He can be very refined and very... Well, he grew up in New Jersey going to diners. You know, what do you want from him? Yeah, mixed messages, mm. though, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Well, I kind of appreciate it. I can really? I can slum it, and I can also have $7 chocolate bars. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the table, and you guys have... I just want to say you have some beautiful packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are six other... Well, there it's five other different uh, bars... And I think some people always think of these chocolate bars as their percent cacao, but I think also for you, from what you're saying, it's also really important where the bean comes from. Probably you always more. should like I think you one of the um, one of the key things when you already know that it's a good chocolate when uh, when it says where it actually comes from and even the name of uh, of the co-op or um, the people that you work with. And I mean, there's some, some chocolate makers that already put the images of the, of the people that are actually the most important in the, in the whole value chain, the farmers on the top of the, uh, of the chocolate. And uh, then you can already know that um, you can trace that bean back, you know, so that mm-hmm. has some, some other reference and just, uh, you know, from Ecuador or mm-hmm. from other countries or from there and there. So you need to know the origin and then um, that's like wine, you know, the, you have a Merlot, you have a Zinfandel, you have a, mm-hmm. you know, f- hundreds of different uh, wines and nobody knew that um, about cacao, so you can have like fifteen different seventy-five percent cacaos uh, from 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 South America, and they all taste uh, completely different from you know some have like floral notes like raspberry or lemon or you know and and strawberry. Is that is that because of the actual strain of the cacao tree, or is it the fermentation process? No, it's uh, both, both. It's both. I mean, but it's uh, mainly it is already in the bean, you know. So, uh, that, so there are uh, all these all these differentiated strains of exactly, the cacao tree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So the bean is, I'm going to say the bean is number one because if you don't have it as mm. part of the source material, mm. then no matter how much you ferment or, mm. or no matter how you dry, exactly. it's not going to alter yeah. it. And it's the same way in the creative yeah. process. Yeah. I'm going to bring it home here. Yeah. So, the, yeah. you know, your source material is your source material. Now, you can either make that a, a romantic comedy or you can make it a drama. Mm. But your source material is the pr- prima materia, as they say in alchemy. Mm. And that's why we're doing all of this talking about this 
high-end sort of cacao bar is because it all links to our creative process. Every step is important. You can't, you can't misstep, misstep, mistake, right? Mm-hmm. You can't misstep any one of those parts. You can't like forget to winnow. Like that, that little thing on the cacao bean, if you have that in your, in your cacao mass, it's horrible mm-hmm. and there's no repair. Mm. You can't you can't undo having that little sheathing mm. on it. Mm. Yeah, I think just to extend what Josh says is like, from a personal perspective for artists of any stripe out there, it requires that you become interested in that process. Mm-hmm. So if you're completely interested in just making chocolate for a mass market and producing this one flavor, it's going to impact your interest level in in where you source beans and where you thought and. I guess what I've noticed in really high quality artistic work, people, um, there's a patience and an interest in developing every aspect of even their secondary characters, every aspect of every shot. Everything is done slowly with thought. Layers. It's layer upon layer upon layer. You do not have this in a Mars bar. You do not have this in a Snickers bar. There's no subtlety. There's no nuance. Yeah, I, and they're all going to taste the same no matter if you buy it in March or if you're going to buy it in February. Like I can imagine mm. if you buy your cacao bars over years, mm. there's going to be small adjustments because mm. it based mm. on when the cacao was uh, grown and yeah. went through its process because yeah, it's based on nature. Yeah. Uh, and I would say one other thing is like this world of artisanal chocolate is obviously of a world that requires either a very um, – sophisticated palate or person or the Mm. education of a population to so that they now under they now can distinguish and i think if you're doing really high quality original work in any artistic form Mm -hmm. we sometimes have to acknowledge that there's it takes time before people necessarily see the beauty of what you're doing so i'm going to use the word development it's not about sophistication. It's not about money. It's about the development of that taste. And we even call it, he has a taste for that or she has a, a, a mm. taste for that. And you have to be able to appreciate the taste and know what goes into it. But it's not based on money. It's not based on where you're born. It's based on devi- uh, developing of your palate. Yeah, I think my, my what I was trying to say is just sometimes when you get really invested in process and you do something that's has a great deal of layers and complexity for you, mm-hmm. People who are used to seeing action movies as their primary palette, it may take them time. And I don't look down at those people at all. I'm just saying, like, because you came at your process from a different way, it, it may take a little bit of time and not to worry about that. Yes. I mean, Harold, as yes. you're talking, one of the things I wonder for you as someone who's a marketing guy is, like, how much of your, of your challenge is to educate your consumer? Like, or do you think they come in sophisticated and like you're selling to already a market where they under for them the sourcing of the bean matters like how much of it is uh, is that part of your job i think it's a the major part of of my job you know and that's um that's also why i maybe choose uh, something like like this and uh choose uh, something like chocolate because it's it's really beautiful it's basically uh back to the roots it's about tasting the rare uh, the the rare as we say it you know taste the rare and um yeah this is like also why why i came here um physically now to uh, to california to uh, you know to los angeles to uh talk to hundreds of people in in uh, in an organic store and um and tell them about and let them try and let them taste uh, taste this chocolate and uh, learn about their reaction and then we we get this this beautiful interaction 
we in the next step we just have to find ways on you know getting it like to a um a bigger audience and that's basically you know the beauty about it is that we are not we're telling a story but our our story has a has a has a root has a has a truth and we don't have to make it up you know as a marketing uh story so we just have to kind of like going back to the old days and be um you know where storytellers went around the villages and everybody gathered together and then they told them about their um their adventures and experiences mm -hmm. and that's that's how i i see that you know to actually what the same what i'm doing here today is to share that uh this this beauty that someone someone else told me and uh, taught me about cacao and the people and sometimes i even get to travel to these people and uh, talk to them see them see in their eyes and then i um you know i i can go um to the market and uh, share this yeah it's interesting how we feel about a product and this story we know about a product impacts our experience of it mm -hmm. like it, it can impact us so here, our final question is for for our listeners who would like to try your chocolate where mm. can they buy it in the u.s I mean, right now we're just starting uh, at um, some organic stores here in Los Angeles. For example, I just mentioned that already. There's this beautiful um, chain called Erwan Organics in Los Angeles. And then uh, there will be um, also some uh, in San Francisco. And for sure, you can go online. There's We have two partners. Um, that's, uh, that's Shokosphere. And the other one is... Um, it's uh, a priori distribution, and so they also have a web shop, uh, and you can order the chocolate online there. Awesome, a priori and Chocosphere for those of you who can't get to the most expensive grocery store in the world <laughs> to buy your chocolate. Well, Josh is now gonna um, eat lots of chocolate. And zoom, I'm gonna, zoom. I'm gonna watch him, and I don't want you poor listeners to have to stick around for all that. Uh, Harold, thanks so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. It was an education. We, this is different for us. Normally we have editors and actors and writers, and it was good to have someone who takes their creativity in the natural world. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you for having me here. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Don't forget to buy your chocolate uh, at Chocosphere and A Priori. Uh, this has been Adam Lesser and, the, and Josh Townsend and Harold Source from Original Beans. It's Notes on Your Notes. You can find us on Facebook at Notes on Your Notes as well as Instagram. You can rate us on the iTunes store. If you love their chocolate, send us a note. Uh, we'll forward it on to Harold. <laughs> and uh, the music on the show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. And the sound editing and design is courtesy of me. We'll talk to you next